0: In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Hear their stories exclusively on Fantastic Universes. It's one of them like, you've ever going to grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life. I, I enjoy what I do. This is my hobby. Available on all your favourite podcast catchers.
1: you primitive screw listen up see this this is my boomstick it's a 12-gauge double-barreled remington s top of the line you can find this in the sporting goods
2: department that's right this sweet baby was made in grand rapids michigan retails for about 109.95 it's got a walnut stock cobalt blue steel and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop
1: smart. Shop smart Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series of graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And today, we have a crossover of mm-hmm. not the big two. We've got, in this corner, from IDW Comics, mm-hmm. the man, the myth. He's taking care of business in a flash. It's Elvis. And in this corner from Dynamite Comics, the grooviest man in all of Detroit, the one-armed bandit, Ash Williams. Yes, it's true. Ash V. Ash with of? I don't know. Is it a V, Jack? What do you think? They call
0: it V, but it's definitely not a V, is it? It's a team
1: Ash Ash slash Elvis. Yes, yes. So this is a crossover of uh, Dynamite's Army of Darkness series and IDW's Tep series. And when I saw this... I didn't even know it was a thing until like a month ago. (laughs) And then I was like, oh my God, Jack, this is a thing. And you're like, well, we have no choice. (laughs) Absolutely. We're obligated to cover it on the show. So, hello. Thanks for being back, friend. Thanks. It's
0: it's, it's always a treat to be back and talking, and especially if we can go deep on our Bruce Campbell love.
1: Oh my God. Well, that's obviously where we need to start because this book is pretty light. I'd say it's Mm -hmm. four issues. And so it's maybe eighty pages, eighty-five pages, and I would yeah. like forty of them have no words. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably true. Yeah. So, uh, Vincenzo Federici got a lot of screen time, and honestly, boy, he was really good. And Michelle oh, Montaigne yeah, the did the colors. Cool. Oh, it's good. It's really good. The art is yeah. spectacular. I, it
0: is. I mean, all of it's good. I did pick out a few little when we get into into breaking down. Yeah. There's a few little bits. Um, that I think particularly stand out, like one real art moment, one real lettering moment, and one real coloring moment, amongst the general brilliance yeah, that for yeah. me were like, that That page, that panel is just superb.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's So that we'll definitely talk a lot about that because the story is pretty pretty slight. So um, the story yeah. is essentially Ash reads that uh, Elvis was alive in Texas and he fought a mummy. So essentially the, words, the word got out on the street that Bubba Hotep had. That's essentially yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so Ash drives from Detroit, to texas and um he needs to check on elvis because elvis is obviously his hero ash has clearly always been based on elvis hail to the king baby all of that's there um so i mean it's it really is a marriage made in heaven and Mm. of course they retcon the end of of the movie and elvis isn't dead um Mm -hmm. wackiness ensues and deadites and mummies and all kinds of shit so that's the plot listen it's ash and elvis what (laughs) do you think yeah um but let, before we get there, so let's talk about your your Bruce. Mm. How, obviously, we know you love Bruce, and I love Bruce. Um, and so what is, instead of what's your comic book origin right, what's your Bruce Campbell origin story?
0: <laughs> For me, it, it started with Evil Dead 2. Watching that as a teenager, I think it was probably one of our legendary, you know, lads together watching a movie that we... Um, we watched clerks we watched this we watched um a better tomorrow too i think the john wu movie so we had some of these get-togethers where we would partake in uh you transcendental in substances you yeah to yeah. help us get into the into the right uh zone and we would uh yeah watch a movie so <laughs> yeah it stems from, stems from there really but um what's not to love about bruce campbell i mean i can't say i've seen everything he's in because he has been in so many
1: he um, and danny treo could have a fight for him yeah, right it's, it's crazy
0: yeah yeah but um yeah it's true but i've tried to see as much as i can you know if it's available or um if it appeals because obviously not everything appeals either but you know i've read his um biographies which are absolutely fantastic
1: but with the, the chip or the make love the bruce campbell way and and
0: how to how to the chin was the first one I think. Okay, right, right, all right. Um, because he's just led such a fascinating life. Because he's weaved his way through this independent arena for his whole life. It's it's really fascinating that he's he's stayed kind of on that indie cult fringe, never really broken into the mainstream, but I managed if that's to keep choice, forever. I
1: feel like it's a choice. Do you? I do, because Sam Raimi's his best friend sure and so sam brings but him he has
0: massively broken through to the mainstream
1: correct and sam obviously he's in every sam raimi film mm-hmm. somewhere his role as the he was in drag in the quick and the dead he played the shopkeeper and that scene actually got cut which of course i've uh, okay to yeah um and i can't i don't know where he is in a simple plan um mm-hmm. there's only like three people in that movie so i i don't remember where he is in there but like even like the love of the game, like the non Sam Raimi stuff that you think of Bruce is there somewhere. He's obviously the one in the first Spider-Man who gives Spider-Man his name.
3: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, you know, the rumor always was that he was supposed to be Mysterio for Mm -hmm. Spider-Man four. Like they were setting it up the whole time and that each Bruce's appearance in those first three movies, he was playing the same guy that he was. That would have been, and I believe that that's true. Like I, that would it not surprise awesome. me at all could you have imagined that i mean that's that'd like, be great that's a dream that's a dream but um so in I, a I multiverse
0: think... somewhere it exists
1: oh god i in the multi... <laughs> right exactly it would be spectacular um to see and who knows right because sam's doing the multiverse madness so maybe bruce will be in there as yeah an alternate i would have thought character. so somewhere yeah yeah or i mean that would be, be great wouldn't it i wouldn't be surprised that ash is in that in that movie yeah sure because you know that why not? Why not just have him? Yeah. Be there? But um, so I think it's a choice. I think I think he knew um, what he was, and mm-hmm. I am sure there was a lot of opportunity to go be fifth billing and to do. And I know I didn't watch it all. You did watch all of Burn Notice.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I think there was probably an opportunity for him to be that guy to be the third mm-hmm. billing in a lot of movies. Sure, um, that makes sense. But, but is it is it as fun to be third billing in a lot of movies? Like on a TV show, being third billing, it's fine. You know, he's the foil; it works. You get, you know, when you're the when you're the foil on a TV show, you get all the fun lines anyway. you get all the good yeah. stuff, right? Like Spike. The reason everybody loves Spike, Spike is not yeah. the lead; he can't be because he's that's not any yeah. fun. You know, he's got he's, a
0: he's Jane or Wash Firefly. Yeah, he's Spike and Buffy. Exactly. Yeah, I agree.
1: Right. So, so I think I think that's why it was a choice. It's like, well, I can go be the lead in all of these movies. I can do third billing on a TV series, you know, but like mm. Jack, like and the shows that he, Jack of Doll trades was amazing. Right. That show at Briscoe County jr. So I think what he decided, this is just me. I don't know the man we've, we've, we've breathed the same air because we're from the same state. And that's about <laughs> it. Um, I don't know anything about him other than I think he's like, I just want to keep making good stuff. And I have yep. this audience who gets it. Yeah, And, and, and it's, what, he's always looks like he never looks like he's having a bad time.
0: No, right? it's definitely true. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's why yeah. I think it was a choice where I think Does Sam Raimi kind of just stopped working for a while. Yeah. Right. Not because he was suddenly a bad filmmaker, but because no, it's like absolutely. hard. It's exhausting mm. to be in the limelight. I can't believe that's why I can't believe he's back at Marvel. That's surprising. Yeah.
0: True.
1: So if that's my theory. I could be wrong.
0: No, no, it makes total sense. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. There's probably that that idea of the choice to to be able to be Bruce Campbell or to be forced to, as you said, like be fifth billing or something and something that perhaps he wouldn't be as passionate about. I mean, I love the guy, but I mean, range, he's not got a lot, you know, he was never going to be the megastar. So I think, I think, I think the combination of two things of like knowing his place being this kind of cult figure. um,
1: Because he 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 could have easily been Jim Carrey. Let's say that
0: yeah yeah sure he yeah. could have
1: easily done it like he could have easily gone down that road and being the guy and like i'm going to be in 10 movies in a year that are the same movie or I'm playing the same guy because because they have a lot of you know they have a lot of physicality about that yeah. they're both going yeah, to yeah. fall down and get kicked in the nuts and be the be the butt of the joke they are willing to do that so he could have easily been mm-hmm. but he, uh, yeah i just think it's a matter of control he's almost always the producer on everything he's in
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i think there's a big you know it's like well do you want to be the producer in a movie that makes half a million dollars or do you want to be the star in a movie that makes 50 million dollars well it depends right you know yeah, what yeah, mean? Yeah. like what do I get how much control do I get over mm. what I'm doing so you're right he's not he's not you know he's not the world's greatest actor that's, that's it's not name. it's
0: not Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio he's uh, Chris Campbell's Mysterio that's
1: well said Jake Gyllenhaal who's like a comedian you
0: know. yeah Jake absolutely, a great
1: yeah. actor yeah he like in Nightcrawler you wouldn't even know it was him if you didn't know it was him exactly yeah yeah yeah, I agree. He's not that talented, but he's delightful.
0: Oh, but he is he is—he is as talented in his own way, Correct. no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and I, we came to him the same way, Evil Dead 2, we saw first. Now, okay. Evil yeah. Dead wasn't even allowed to be over there. Of course, it, so, was, yeah. Yeah, it was here because it was actually a, a film. They did it for school, like, um, mm. you know, because uh, they, they went to... He went to... Bruce went to Western and Sam Western Michigan University and Sam went to... And his brother... Ted I think they both went to Michigan State and it was just like mm-hmm. a student film and you know they filmed it in Tennessee everybody knows the evil dead story but it was banned over there mm. and um but I, I I think I saw two first of course and then it was just like then you see it like once you see who he is then oh yeah we follow him and I loved uh Briscoe County Junior I don't know if you ever saw that show
0: I haven't no uh, that's Cowboys right
1: yeah yeah it's so good and then Jack of All Trades which was his spinoff from the Zena shows
0: uh, so again, that,
1: I've never seen an episode of Xena. Oh, that's good. That's a Sam Raimi. Mm. Yeah, he did those in Hercules. And then Jack was a spin off was Bruce's spin-off show from there. Um, yeah, he's just he's just a delight. And I love that in the Ash versus Evil Dead, Lucy's in it. Lucy Lawless is yeah. in it. Yeah, because Yeah, friends with, you know, they're all friends. And cause Ted, because obviously Bruce and Sam were the, the executive producers. And I think Ted Raimi was one of the showrunners. And of course yeah. he shows up and everything too. So yeah. So that's our Bruce Campbell love. He's just a guy who, and the thing is, is everybody knows who he is. Like mm. you've, cause he was on charmed and he was on the librarian yeah. and he was on this. And he was like, my mom, I didn't see all the burn notice. I know you did. My mother's never missed an episode of burn notice. That was one of her mm. favorite shows. That's probably the only thing other than that first Spider-Man that she's ever seen with him in.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: but he's, because everybody saw those spider Man. everybody knows who he is. Even if you don't, you see Bruce, yeah. and you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he's that guy. He's that chin guy um
0: well because been... even when the roles are small and even when the films are shit which sometimes they are he's always got presence he's yeah. always there yeah and he always brings it
1: uh, exactly and i think they think that's why this comic is so exciting because mm. um it is they didn't shy away from it looking like him it's bruce no. it's not, they didn't they didn't try to pretend like with most ips and max and i or um uh it wasn't Max and I who were just talking about this. It was Neil and I who were just talking about this, where, where you don't want the person to look just like the person.
0: Yeah, was that in the Power Rangers? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, sometimes,
1: yeah. like, with the boom stuff. And so, um, but this, they're like, no, no.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> look. Well, because he's the draw, isn't he? Like, you're not going to do any, uh, an army of darkness versus Baba Hatep and have the characters not look like Bruce Campbell. Like, everyone that's picking this up is because they're a fan of Bruce Campbell.
1: Correct absolutely and i don't know how it sold and i don't care all i know is that <laughs> yeah, i agree. have it and that's all that matters to me um and even mgm even gets a credit for this so it's like mm-hmm. idw dynamite mgm because they own the army of darkness of course stuff. um which is you know you know why it became called co- this is just pointless facts before we actually start t- it was called the army of darkness because they told sam he couldn't call it medieval dead Oh, no, i didn't know that that was the working title and they said no yeah they're like, no. if you're going to release this in the theater, which is what we want to do, this mm. isn't going to be, we want a big release for, for Army of Darkness. You cannot call it Medieval Dead. They didn't, they wanted people to go in cold, not knowing it was Evil oh, I see. Okay, yeah. It didn't work, because only the no. Dead Eye Twins saw that.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, what, a, what a much cooler title. I mean, I love Army of Darkness anyway, but I mean, what yeah. a much cooler title, Medieval Dead.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I know. So, Anyway, so that's where we are. So that's how we So that's how we found Bruce. It was obviously through his his him being Ash, and obviously mm. Ash versus Evil Dead is a show, and they're doing a video game sequel, I guess. Um mm. that I don't play video games, but you know, people who do, I hope you enjoy that. I mean they're doing they brought the three of them back to do the voices.
0: Yeah, yeah, I played a little bit of that game. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, is it good? I've got my boomstick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. You get to run around
0: shooting people when he says things like that. Yeah. it's that's
1: cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you'll play that just because why wouldn't you? Um, absolutely yeah so how did you find so my my story with Bubba Hotep is my cousin mm. Noom who is a, who is my culture touchstone my whole life he was like oh my god there's this movie Bruce Campbell plays Elvis and he fights mummies you got to come over so it's like okay mm. so that was it so that's how I saw it because Noom told me it existed I didn't know this was, you know it was 2002 so it was mm-hmm. the internet existed you know but yeah so how did but, yeah. you find, yeah, how did you find Bubba Hotep? Or was it just, it's another
0: Bruce movie? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Um, when did My Name is Bruce come out? Was that 2007? So, so that's a little bit later. Because I, I definitely seen Bubba Hotep before My Name is Bruce. But then when, when that came out on DVD here in the UK, I bought that because there wasn't any other way to see it. And it came with a copy of Bubba Hotep. Okay. So I definitely already seen it. Um, but then it came like, it was almost like a combo DVD. Um, I mean, what a treat that is.
1: Oh my God.
0: That's like <laughs> yeah, gold. Absolutely.
1: I can't believe yeah. they sold that. They weren't like, they, did they charge you all the pounds?
0: Normal DVD price, you know, i like, uh, um, wow. My name but is I Bruce think is I'd only seen it the once. Yeah. once. Yeah. Oh. Great fun. Absolutely great fun. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'd only seen Bubba Hoes at once before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously has been watched multiple times since actually been able to own it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just watched it yesterday. And yeah, I, I watched, watched it the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. It, I, I'm glad... God, it's, it does hold up. It's so good. It's, it's it just a-
0: knows what it is and it just goes for it and doesn't give a shit. I mean,
1: well, uh, if Davis. you're going to write,
0: yeah, exactly. If you're going to write <laughs> Ozzy Davis, if you're writing cast Ozzy Davis as a dyed black JFK, you have to commit to that. <laughs> And they commit hundred percent. It's brilliant.
1: It is so good. It is. I so may. I,
0: I, I may talk about Ozzy Davis fairly soon. Actually. Oh. On our side project, he might be somebody I would put up for. Uh, that is an awards worthy performance in Baba Jose. Genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's amazing in that film.
1: He is. You're right. I mean, as a supporting actor.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was
1: fantastic because he is straight faced the whole time, and. Yeah. And honestly, the the set design of that of that yeah. um, movie is outrageous. Like they, that's where all the money was spent was on the mm, set design. Mm. Um, and they, that's actually, if you read the credits, that's actually they filmed it in that place. That's a real place. They just read, oh, so right. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a real nursing home that they went in and let them you know move things around and do everything. I agree. It is maybe his finest performance. I mean, he's good. Ozzie Davis was always good. But Boy, he yeah. commits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no like. I totally buy that he is that character that believes that with his note. And yeah. even with a bag of sand in his head, still I totally convincing. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, the line where he says, the woman who thinks she's my niece is what he yeah. says. <laughs> <laughs> and straight face. And and Bruce, of course, who's really great at straight face, he's, that's a tough skill. Like, you know, you oh, watch. We're watching Shit's Creek right now, and uh, Daniel Levy is really bad at laughing. Like he can't. When Catherine O'Hara is losing his mo- losing her mind, if the yeah. camera cuts to him, he's always holding in a laugh. And I get, I get it. She's hysterical, yeah. but he's always on the verge. Or like Keenan on Saturday Night Live, Keenan Thompson's always on the verge. Mm-hmm. of spot. He's got that um, where Bruce never cracks.
0: No, well, not that we see. I imagine there must have been some corpses on set. I can't have not been delivering that stuff, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the in the finished product, we have those two are consummate professionals.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah, so cool. Well, so that's how it is. So so you saw it. We both probably saw it like two thousand three ish. It's probably yeah. It would have been, been on DVD, day, so yeah. I didn't see it at the right.
0: cinema. So it would have been a year, a year or two after it came out.
1: Yeah, and then obviously my name is Bruce happened, and and I, that is talk about a way to cement your own legend.
0: Yeah, well I mean Rhea is as big a bigger fan, if not bigger fan, particularly of Evil Dead. So um we were living together in the mid in in that in that period. So we definitely would have gone out our way to watch it together 100 percent
1: It's something else. Boy. Yeah. He's that's and that's how that's why I think it's because my name is Bruce is why I feel like this has all been a choice. Everything he's he's done has been a choice, you know, and it's we don't again, I have no idea. And who knows because he's also he's like He's Bruce Campbell, who's also playing Bruce Campbell Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: in that movie. But I also think that's kind of his life too.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: He he knows who he is, and and you know, I assume that every time he shows up at a con, he gets swamped.
0: Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think to nerds, and this is me going out on a limb before we actually start talking about this comic, which again, (laughs) there's not much to talk about. But um, I think, and you you correct me if I'm wrong, and I know this is blaspheme, but I think in nerd culture he's as he's as important to nerds as is mark Campbell discuss yeah no, no, I think that's fair. I think he's
0: within his subset of, of that he's an absolute rock star, yeah hundred percent yeah I mean when I was on with Dan for the first time and we did his 100th show um we had to you know we were the question was like who's that one person and for me he's that one person if yeah, I could meet anybody yeah. or meet anybody, it'd be him it would be fascinating
1: yeah, I agree I think he's I just think he, it, there's just something to respect about a guy who's totally Mm. do-it-yourself that that original evil dead holds up it's yeah oh yeah yeah i think well evil dead 2 is the best of the trilogy like Mm -hmm. i think evil dead what they did for the money and oh yeah and when you read about the conditions and you watch the documentary and all this stuff the fact that they pulled all that off Mm. it's outstanding and Mm. and evil dead 2 is the thing that launched that launched everything Gave Sam his career. Gave Bruce his career. Obviously, it was Evil Dead 2, but because he just cranked it up to eleven. Mm-hmm. But he's, I, that first Evil Dead's really good. It really? Oh, is it is. Good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, number two is a masterpiece. But as you said, because it's they're a, they've learned, and they're able to make the same for. They were and
1: older and had more money.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the first one, yeah, I mean, the first one has the scares, which the second one doesn't have. The second one's gross and funny. But the first one is genuinely scary and horrific. yeah. Which is
1: why it wasn't released over there, right?
0: Yeah, I think it was the tree scene, mostly. It was the which one? The tree scene, I believe.
1: Oh, oh, okay, that's, huh. I'm not
0: sure, but. um,
1: There was just that, there were just like five or so, well, there was probably more than that, but like bitten movies I can think of that were just, they were so shocking you guys couldn't get them over there.
0: Yeah, what we call the Video Nasty Acts came in the 80s, yeah. yeah. And that was one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: and all that does that's again people are so stupid you do that yeah. and everybody's going to do anything they can do to get their hands on
0: of course yeah so dumb
1: all right well anyway so here we go that was good thank you but this is the, this is the Bruce Campbell cast We're yeah doing. absolutely yeah so I mean that's obviously what the point of this was I remember when we first found it and I posted the one alternate cover of them where it's the it's the boom stick and then a guitar at the bottom mm. like Carl, yeah. Carl Bryan from DCN he's like Holy shit, what is this? Like he, yeah. you know, he didn't know what he's a comic for Like, is this a comic? What is it? I gotta get it. Because it's it's so iconic that to anybody who knows, they know. So I love the the in-between like each individual cover has like Groovy and Ash and Elvis and and Hoteb. I think
0: is one, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's so good. God, it's just, so it's the, with the like the, light,
0: the flashbulb lights in the background. Yeah, so they're yeah. like
1: on stage. So they're telling you from the jump, this is a performance. This is a performative yeah. comic. So to me, that's the first question is, I mean, because Scott Duvall wrote it, but obviously Bruce was heavily involved. Joe Lansdale, who created Bubba Hotep, is involved. So mm-hmm. it's not as though you're going to make this without Bruce's approval, because I know he signed the deals with Dynamite and IDW, but you're not going to do this, Bruce on Bruce action. So yeah. it's really meta. So. Yes. Was there at any point in time, before we get into the metaverse of it, the meta multiverse mm. of it, was there any of those meta things that let's just we've we've glowed. Was there any of it where you're like, eh, that didn't work? There was a few times where it was like, are you stretching there or did it fit?
0: Yeah. I think for me, the majority of the stuff with Bruce Campbell works. So um Yeah, the nobody touches the chin is fantastic. I think that's towards <laughs> the end in issue yeah. four, isn't it? Yeah. Or issue three, issue four, when they're talking about like, could Bruce, could Ash replace Elvis as, um, Spash Half does in the movie? You have to, right? You have to cut, right? Nobody touches. You have to shave off your chin. Nobody touches the chin. I thought that was great. And I think the, um, the meta moments of like the Elvis lyrics were really good as well. When he says a little less conversation and then the next five pages are a big, massive fight scene. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. Really clever. I didn't like the, um, the modern day references, the pop culture references. I think Paul Blart gets reference and that felt out of place. Um, it's not modern day, but the Boris Karloff one was a bit on the nose and a bit obvious. But like the Bruce stuff I thought landed for me. Yeah. Was there something they didn't for you? No,
1: that was it. I think you're, I think it just, it they dated it self. It, it, yeah. it, it need not do that because Ash, while yes, in the show, Ash was, he's older and he's got an adult daughter and everything, but um, Comic book Ash has still is still Ash from Army of Darkness. Ash, he yeah. still got the metal hand. He doesn't have the chain. I mean, he swats. it. So it's so you don't. I didn't love that. I didn't love mm. the. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a comic book because even even um, in the movies in Boba Hotep, it's not really 2002. It doesn't really matter when it is. I mean, yes, there's no cell Agreed. phones or whatever. So that's it. But there are also old people. Mm. You know, so like they don't have those things. You know, old yeah, people yeah. in whatever—they're—they're they're behind on the technology. So I think, I think it just was um, timeless. Like you can watch—I just watched it yesterday. It didn't matter. It could have taken place in two thousand and two, or eighty-two, or sixty-two. Obviously yeah. not sixty-two because of Kennedy, but it could have been sixty-four. Well, it wouldn't have actually. Mattered. It could even be
0: now. Like you know, um, Afterlife series three has just come onto Netflix, and the, less so in this series, but a lot of that has been within a um, old folks' nursing home. And there's, again, all of that could be quite timeless because that is almost like a time has stayed still place, really, because they're not there on their mobile phones. They're not there playing games on their phones or on Twitter or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, I think I agree with you. That part of it feels quite timeless.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the only part that I didn't love about it. Mm. I think the rest of it was it lands really well. Like you said, the Bruce Campbell stuff, the Ash stuff. So when he first goes up to meet Elvis, And of course, all he has to say is one word, but because Ash never says the word right. So it was supposed to be, say, exactamundo. And he says, exactamumbo. And they're like, close enough. (laughs) So the fact that Elvis says close enough, though. So it's like you're playing into that Ash. And, you know, Ash Ash has always clearly been designed after Elvis. So now we're you know, then Bruce goes on to play Elvis. So it's all on the nose. And um, so I, I definitely loved some of those and yeah i mean elvis elvis song references they're there if you know they're elvis songs and if you don't mm-hmm. that's also
0: fine yeah and i think it's all um it tells you what the picture of this comic doesn't it it's just meant to be fun and there are some continuity stuff we could pick at that thread and pull it away but why it's pointless it's just meant to be bright bulb popcorn feast for your eyes just enjoy this craziness and, and go with it
1: yeah. And the only way you can pull it off is because there's no budget, right? Because you couldn't yeah. to do this. You'd have to have done it immediately. You'd have to have done it in 2003 before, you know, Bruce looks like Bruce now. And I still think yeah. he's in pretty good shape, but you know, mm-hmm. he's a different, so you'd have to do the weird de-aging thing. Um, you know, he'd have he'd need less makeup to be Elvis this time than he did in 2000. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 2000. yeah, definitely. I mean, the belly, though. That's clearly not him. That's clearly padding. I sort of forgot
0: how long ago that film came out because when I came to watch end of the day, I was like, wow, this is 20 years ago now. Isn't that and like crazy? Yeah. Of course, like, yeah, the time passing for Bruce Campbell as an actor, I was thinking about how old he looks in the movie, and then, yeah, yeah you're right. Like, it, the time passing thing, he'd still have to be aged up a bit because he's kept himself in good shape. But, yeah, um, he has,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, sort of I just, forgot
0: how much work they must have had to have done back then, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, what I love when you first see Elvis, and again, there's just little nods. When you first see Elvis, um, he takes off his robe and he's got his karate mm. stuff on. He's wearing the Purple Heart from the movie.
0: That's right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so nice there's like, touch.
1: there's those little things. And so it's it's what what the, meta, the meta-ness of this, the Bruce on Bruce, and like you said, it's just silly. I've never seen a B comic before. Like, sure, I, yes. I've read, you know, you read over-the-top silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Your sister and I just talked to, to the guy who's doing the Kolchak stuff. And that was, you know, that was taken seriously. That wasn't like a, mm-hmm. B, a B TV show because it was TV mm-hmm. in the 70s. So it was all, you know, pretty pristine stuff. But Bruce knows what he is. He's the, he's the king of the Deadites. He's the captain of the B movies. And so to make a B comic, it's not just like a silly Tales from the Crypt type thing. Because that yeah. takes itself seriously. This doesn't.
0: No, not in any way. And I think we're well, back to where we started in terms of with Bruce Campbell. It's like a for the fans and made by the fans type idea, I think, with those little touches, those little nods. Because it also references um how Elvis has fought the She Vampires, which was a right. muted sequel. Yeah. It was
1: it was technically supposed to be a prequel. So it was it was um, Elvis, you know, Elvis and the She Vampires, Brother Hotep. You know, the whatever I can't remember what the title was supposed to be, but yeah, there's a when they're on the plane, he's mm. telling him that story. Young Elvis is telling him that story, so they gave you what you wanted without us getting it.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely, but, and I so there's just all that, these little touches for you, as you said, like to draw out if you can remember, it or if you know them, or if you've watched the film recently. Um, but it lets you know these people know the source that they're, they're drawing from, I think,
1: yeah. And I think, do, so what do you make of that when? when something is so meta
0: Mm.
3: when it's
1: is it a hat on a hat like what like when I talked about hamsters you ended up liking hamsters but Mm -hmm. I think what turned people off with hamsters is it was was a hat on a hat it was like I'm making fun of action movies while I'm making fun of turtles while I'm making fun Mm -hmm. of this and is it was it for some people those kind of jokes because this isn't satire this is a joke yeah and so this isn't everybody's cup of tea humor wise and so but again, because it's IDW and Dynamite, are like we don't give mm-hmm. do a shit. Like, there's no way a big a big studio would have touched this, right?
0: No, I but I, I, no, that's fair. And I, but I don't think I think Hamza is a fair comparison to make. But I don't think, as you just said, because of the satire element, there's not as many layers to this. It's it's right. meta on top of meta, but then it kind of stops there because then we're not trying to say anything about it. We're just trying to have some fun,
1: right? Exactly. And so, do you think that? that- did that hurt? I mean, or it didn't matter because no casual no. anybody is going to pick this up.
0: No, I don't think so. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine seeing this on the shelf and seeing the title Army of Army of Darkness versus Baba Hotel, not knowing either of those things and going, "Ooh, what's that? Yeah, that's fair. I think you see that and you go, oh, my I God. It. Is it, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I I love. So. So in general, though, do you like fan service? I mean, do you think this? I think works. I think this lands. Yeah, this lands with an exclamation point.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Fan service doesn't always, though. And so why? So I guess that's you think this works. I think this works. Mm. We both mm. wanted to talk about it. Um, but when we talked about Fight Club Two, that was also fan service that you didn't like. So why? What do you think? Why does fan service work sometimes, and why does fan service not work?
0: Well, I, I don't know if Fight Club Two was fan service. Mm, because I, I think he spoke,
1: yeah yeah, 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 exactly, that's true.
0: yeah. I think it was he wrote it for himself, right? That's true. Whereas here, this has been written for the fans, I think. So I yeah. think that is a difference. That's I true. don't know. It's such a thorny issue, isn't it? Because you know, watching Book of Boba Fett and having been on with Mike and hearing other people talk about it, um, the fan service at the end of Mandalorian season two, which I won't say just in case uh, for some people yeah. in case they don't know, I think the whole world knows now most people seem to think that was well done and well handled myself included mm-hmm. but then I'm talking on that on the show and, and there's a Ben from Star Wars timeline and he hates it these really? I've come across of like that fan service just didn't work for him because he wanted this show to be its own entity he didn't want it to tie in and to do these things so I guess it's never going to hundred percent work I think as long as the intention is pure rather than it's there to to tick a box or to spin off to something new or to, I think if the intention is pure, that this is this is what the character would have done and this is what the fans would like to see them do. I think that's where, where it's handled well and where people will appreciate it and take it on board.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, because what I couldn't help thinking of is the, the fan service question. And you're right, I shouldn't have said Fight Club 2, but I'm gonna leave it in. So that's what I said. <laughs> and that's, I was wrong. But what I will say is I think of two things. I think of uh, Justice League, and I think of mm-hmm. um, Star Wars. The Star mm-hmm. Wars new new. I uh, I as I said, I am a Star Wars. I have stock Star Wars Stockholm syndrome. Whatever you give me, I'm gonna like. it. I haven't yeah. watched Book of Boba Fett yet, but it doesn't matter if you give me some Star Wars. I'm gonna like it, and I like mm-hmm. all three of the new movies. I have the same niggles I could say about any of them. Sure. I still think, I mean, my favorite of all of them is always going to be Empire. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Um, But I love it. I love it. It makes me happy. It is, it's my, it's my place. (laughs) And so um, with the new trilogy, everybody was mad. So they're like, well, but the new one is just a retelling of the first movie. And then (laughs) people didn't like this. They changed this. And then people didn't like that. So they changed this. So you're giving the fans what they want. And the same thing with people didn't like the Dauer Batman v Superman so they mm-hmm. try to give them this other Joss Whedon version of Justice League, which everybody hates too. So it was like, well, you give the fans exactly what they want and they're pissed. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. you don't give the fans what they want, then they're pissed. And mm-hmm. it's like, so I think of that when I watch this because do you think if this had been made as a movie or made as yeah. a series, the fans would have been like pissed. They'd have been like fan service. They'd be like, well, you didn't do it quite right. Because I didn't hear any of that with Army of Dark with Ash versus Army of Darkness, the show. Everybody no. who watched that loved that show.
0: I wonder if it's fandom, isn't it? It's the type of fans we are talking about here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, at, okay. look at what you're picking there. You're picking up comics fans and Star Wars fans, which we know are often vocally voracious and not in a good way, in a very negative way. Um, mm. Whereas horror genre fans and certainly Evil Dead fans, I, I, I don't, I, you know, other than within my own small sphere, I don't know, but they seem to be more celebratory, don't they? And they'll take what they can get and they'll enjoy it and, I think it's the type of fandom perhaps we're looking at here.
1: That's a great point. I think that's exactly what it is. That's awesome. No, I didn't think about that at all because I think you're 100% right, is that you can't ever make anybody happy, it seems like, Mm. right? No matter Mm -hmm. what the thing is, everybody's going to be like, well, that's not right. I remember, and that that first Spawn movie sucked. Can we agree? Mm. Spawn. Spawn. Did you see Spawn?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. With The Michael J. White one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel bad for him because he... Gave it his all. It was not his yeah. fault, and nor was and people shit on Leguizamo's performance in that. Yeah, but I remember when Leguizamo was on, and this was just one of those weird moments that stuck in my head. He was on Conan when this was coming out. Yeah, he, leguizamo's was like five feet one. He squatted down that whole movie to make sure. Yeah. So he was so cognizant of clowns only four eleven. So he's like, he wanted to make sure he didn't piss anybody off, and, and I think it affected his performance. He was nervous making a comic book movie which turned Mm. out to be a bad comic book movie but i think (laughs) i think it because i think like was a really good actor i think he's good (laughs) in things but i think i think he did i so i think it was the director not him i don't blame him but i also know he admitted he was nervous about about how the comic book fans would treat him if he did the clown wrong Mm -hmm. and so it was weighing on him the whole time and so i think but, I mean, he was the best actor you could get at the time. Danny DeVito didn't want to do it. So, okay. Yeah. It's he was He I mean, I think he did what he did. I think he gave the best performance he could give. But I think that pressure of it being mm-hmm. wrong. But then, for whatever reason, we were talking about this in our Discord. I mean, I, at once people saw Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, nobody cared anymore that he was 6'1". Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they
0: Everybody did just begin with.
1: Right. But then they were like, oh, he's great. And everybody cared that James Bond was
0: blonde until they saw into Remember Xenaray that? And, God, I didn't shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. James Bond's not real, people. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fictional. So let's let's move on from that. So yeah, I just I think you're right, though. I think that's that's what it is. There is that those fandoms feel like. Star Wars is very important to me. It's my earliest memory, but it also yeah. exists in the world, and so. I can get out of it what I want to get out of it. And it and it changes. When you're a certain age, it means one thing. And then as you age, it means something else. Whereas this, yeah. I think you're right with horror movies, and especially horror comedy like this. Mm-hmm. It's designed to be timeless. Yeah. It's designed yeah. to just give you joy.
0: Yeah. And I think the the, the creators, and I'm not slighting anybody who's a creator of comics or, or, or comic films or stars films, but I think the creators of this, would 100% tell that message, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, the, the love they give for the Evil Dead remake. Um, I'm not yeah. a big fan. It was I fine. It was fine. But,
1: I don't know um, why they did it other than it gave Sam and Bruce some more money. So good on, good.
0: Yeah, but, but they're out there and they're supporting it and they're saying this is for a new generation. And it's yeah. to be fair, it didn't match the type of films that were coming out at the time. And that they, they, they just seem to be about giving, want to give all the time and give the fans what they want and give the new generation what they might want and there's no gatekeeping there at all, is there? There's no, this is ours. It, it, no, there is this is ours. It's not this is mine. It's this is ours.
1: Correct. Exactly. Collectively. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, because it's Star Wars is mine for my reason, and Star Wars is Mike's for Mike's reason, and Star Wars is yours yeah. for your reason. We all have those things. And it's like the reason I can't ever, and I'm sorry, Dan, I'm about to say it. The reason I can't ever stop talking about Speed Racer is because... <laughs> <laughs> I think Dan said, the other. you never stop talking about it. It's true. But it means a lot to me as a kid. Speed racer yeah. with my cousin was important to me. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to love whatever you give me, whatever speed racer you give me. I'm going to love it because it means something to me. Yeah. But I also I could get why people don't like it. But I was also not mad. Like to me. You know, it, it gave me joy. So I feel like the Wachowskis mm-hmm. loved Speed Racer the way that I love Speed Racer. So they made a movie that made them happy and it didn't make everybody happy. Yeah. Where, where the point of what Sam Raimi and Bruce did with the Evil Dead movies was just let's go have fun. They're besties. And then right, Ted yeah. is there. Yeah. Let's just go hang out with our friends and make something fun. And I think that's yeah. why the Xena, Xena works so well is because you can tell these are just goofs. They're out goofing mm. around and they're like literally playing dress up. It's yeah, just fair. Great.
0: Yeah. yeah it's almost like they've been they've filmed themselves doing larping yeah
1: <laughs> that's what it is I, you've not if you've not watched i mean
0: no i need to give it a go
1: hercules isn't isn't great well I i'll have like to cut Her- out
0: i'll have to cut out because he's turned out into right he's yeah, another yeah. one of those isn't he I, i'm
1: not a big kevin Sorbo. but he's not great I, but xena is so fun and then the jackball mm-hmm. trade show with bruce is a lot of fun and you know big crossover sometimes but
0: well season's greetings
1: maybe we'll do xena that might be uh, okay, yeah. I mean that does it would be a short walk for me to agree to that, but we're doing fringe let's, coming up. Let's put it on the
0: list. Yeah, we'll yeah. put
1: that on the list. That's that's a great idea. Um, I wonder if
0: it's to do with um, the experience as well. Like you saying that, then I was obviously listening, but my brain was processing too yeah. this idea of like you know stars. This means for me, and means that for me. I completely agree. Watching horror and watching comedy is a collective experience, isn't it? It's mm. about are we all screaming at the same time? Are we all laughing at the same time? Whereas perhaps you know you still do get the audience experience, you know, you think of like Endgame and everyone's cheering and, and stuff in the crowd, but generally you're watching it. And as you said it, then it means something to you. But horror is like we were all together and we had we felt this way as we watched it. We all jumped when Ghostface appeared at, at the window and we right. all That's screamed. Point. when Yes. Yeah, so I, I wonder again if it's about that. And if you're making that kind of film, TV show, comic, you are aware of that, that collectiveness. Um, which ties into to your own process because you want to have that with the audience as the end product.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That was my deep cut. We solved it. Was, it. The, was the fan service thing. Nice. I do have a couple of things. Cause you say, um, do sex cordelio as we're doing our do sex, what you call it. And the in issue four of this I just out loud, cause I thought that was, that was funny. And of course, Ash doesn't know the words.
0: Of course, doesn't, an, and what I love is what is the G sex, whatever it is, is the jalopy, is the car, which oh. is
1: even better. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. And then, um, so, so Bruce Campbell, this is again how it all comes full circle to me. And I don't know if this is why he chose to be, you know, what, what, mm. why Ash is based on this. So, Western Michigan University is in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm-hmm okay and there was this that was one of the big Elvis sightings things was Elvis worked at a uh, okay. in Kalamazoo and so I always wonder again this is just me thinking how it all comes full circle is here's mm. this guy from Michigan who went to college in this city who plays a version of Elvis who gets to play Elvis and then at the end they drive off into the sunset and the one thing I wish was there the one nether thing is if they would have driven through Burger King
0: right yeah sure that That'd would be cool
1: been, or even if you wouldn't have seen them drive through but just like see like a burger king cup or something like half you know how like they do that in movies where you can tell it's pepsi but it doesn't say pepsi yeah yeah yeah, you can yeah, tell yeah it's yeah. coke but it doesn't say coke so it's like yeah, nice. just to get a just a nice i went this time i was like zooming in like is there a burger king reference <laughs> that was the only thing that i think was missing from this but the rest of it was just joy this is like yeah this comic was so fun i love it so much it's so stupid
0: yeah, I mean, I spaced it out because I, I could. I read the first two issues and I was like, man, I'm just going to sit here and burn through this, and I want to like, take my time and enjoy it. But I still did it across like two sittings, and then before recording today, I was like, hmm, got 20 minutes, <laughs> so I just sat and read it all again because you can read it that quickly if you want to. Absolutely, not on yeah. a not on the first read, but you know, now I know what's happening, and I, you know, but I was like, oh, well, you know. I've got some time to feel. Why wouldn't I read this again? It's that sort of thing. You can just keep picking it up and there'll be little moments you hadn't noticed. As you said, you're zooming in, trying to find other things there. Um, it's a bit a bit like one of those kind of zany comedies where like each time you go back, you'll find something new. But yeah, it's
1: great. Yeah. One thing I love, and I know you wanted to talk about some of the, some of the mm. talent, but I, so I will want to turn, so my foray, my transition will be, there's a one pager and I think it's at the end of an issue or no, it's when, right before he gets sucked back into time, before he goes from 77. And yeah. there's the one where it's like, we see ashes past. And then this is the when we say, all this is past. In that shot, you see how he lives. So it isn't a do sex, whatever. The nurse from the movie is saving him. You see him laying there yeah. and she's yeah. giving... And it's just there because it doesn't explain how he survives the end of the movie. But no. you, you see her save him in this one scene. They're like, oh, my God, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. So just again, like throwing it in there as a little thing for you to pick up. And, and that's enough, isn't it? You don't need anything more than that. Um, okay. Which then you, you can start thinking back to when Ash first turns up at the nursing home in the comic. And she's being very protective of Elvis. Yeah, um,
1: Mr. Half. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Because obviously then
0: they probably had a very different relationship after that point. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a nice little moment.
1: Yeah. I loved it. So what were, you said there was a, there was a couple of panels and the, the lettering too, that you wanted to talk. Yeah.
0: about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, we should celebrate the writing by Scott Deval and I think it's really good because of what we said before, like he knows what he's writing and who he's writing it for. I think it's great. But actually I think the artwork is the star of this. Um and it's all the combinations there's um in issue three when Ash is having his like soul sucked by um the dead on the plane and we get like almost kind of like pop art rendition again of like his past um
1: that's so good
0: yeah it's beautiful like imagine that 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 is that should be up on a wall somewhere that should be up in a gallery it's wonderful
1: and it's a love Um, letter to Ash because it doesn't work if you don't get it, I mean, again, you're not going to pick this up if you don't get it, but it is, it, and the pop art is right, it is Lichtenstein to the point where it even has the points.
0: Yeah, the dots, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so good.
0: And, and it's totally out of um, sync in terms of the rest of the design of the of the comic, but it just works in that moment. It's brilliant. Um, and I really like how the hieroglyph- hier- hieroglyphics are displayed in the comic I think that's really clever and matches what they did in the movie in Baba Hotep because that's a really fun part of the, the movie as well. Um, and it's in issue four, I think, because the thing that really stood out and it might even just be one panel. There's a bit where um, the Lost Souls are being sucked back into the tablet.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: they've defeated the Baba Hotep and then I think it's Ash is holding the tablet and all the Lost Souls have been pulled back in. Just the colouring in that one single panel was absolutely beautiful. It reminded me a little bit of um, this is obviously retroactively and the, it's escaping me now. Um, Dan Waters' latest comic with the um, with the walking oh, house and the... Homesick Pilots. Yeah, yeah. The colour scheme of that is, uh, had that kind of vi- vibrancy and brightness and fluorescent, which again was out of kind of keeping for this comic, but really works in that
1: moment. Yeah, I think she's the, the colorist. She owns it because... She does yep. it all because there's definitely like she she knows the scene and um, mm-hmm. she set, she's setting the tone really well. And I love at the end, too, the callback he's wearing the Lone Ranger mask.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Elvis yeah, yeah. is at
1: the end, which is also a love, a love letter to the movie. But right in those scenes, so she's so in the, the thing when Ash is holding the tablet and it's like pinks and blues and yellows mm. and greens. And that, that, and she pulled that off in the pop art pages. But then, like, during, the, like, when they first crash into Graceland. And, yeah. they're, and they're crawling out of the plane, it's dark. And she manages to to make it seem dark and make it seem like the fire is burning in the background. And yeah, she definitely owned it. I was yes yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes those switching up of styles is so hard to do. It's a bit like when you read a novel and somebody writes with different narrative voices, yeah. Um obviously I recently reviewed the second Chaos Walking book and we have the two narrative voices in that. I've also read a, a book by a very talented writer that has lots oh, of different narrative thank you. voices.
1: I, I wonder if that's <laughs> I wonder if that'll come out someday.
0: Yeah, I mean it'd be great. I mean it deserves yes. to. And it's so <laughs> hard to be able to to do that and to keep track of these characters and who their voices are. And I think this is in a similar way, to, to throw in something new or different and to really stand out and not feel out of place is a really Difficult skill and it's right. achieved completely here,
1: and because she's because it's because it's the homage to the cinema. This is a mm-hmm. film. These are movies, mm-hmm. not films. These are movies, and so and they both are lit way differently. Army mm. of Darkness, which you know, this is Army of Darkness V. So yeah. it's that it's Army of Darkness Ash because he's got the metal hand, the group. You know that one. He has the chainsaw too. But he, it, this is obviously post Army of Darkness, and it's post yeah, Bloodshot. So yeah. like we're in the we're in that time frame. Um. But so she captures the look of that movie that, mm-hmm. that, and the look of, which are different directors, different yep. cinematographers. The only thing that's the same is Bruce Campbell. And so she definitely makes it cinematic and you speak this language way better than I do, but I agree. It felt like, I mean, to me, it's frustrating because this, this, like, this is the movie, go film this. It's storyboarded. She's even given mm-hmm. you the angles, the camera angles. The, the, the colorist has given you the tone, the artist. He's given you all of everything you need. Go shoot yeah. this. Right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, I think probably the moment's gone, unfortunately, but we could have an animated movie and Bruce could voice it. Because he did
1: the, I sent you the link to the, well, that was, those comics are impossible to find. The the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Those are really hard to get, but they've turned that, somebody's turned them into a motion comic and put it up free on YouTube. So I don't know how that exists.
0: No, (laughs) and how long it will exist for, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty (laughs) cool. Now that we're talking
1: about it, this won't come out for a while. So we've got <laughs> a month or so to, to watch it before anybody hears it. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's so good. It's so good. I can't, I can't get over on its surface. It's like, this is just a silly little nothing burger. Yeah. But it's a love letter. And um, I would love to know what Bruce thinks of it. Um, so Bruce, mm-hmm. if you're listening, because we'll definitely tag you whenever this show comes out. If you want to tell us uh, what you think, we'll, we'll hear. Yeah, We'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we would the, definitely. Yeah, in the back of the collected edition, there's the alternate mm. covers. Yeah, those are spectacular.
0: Yeah, I mean sometimes that that section feels a little bit um, like filler, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've both got the digital. Comp- are you looking on? Are you looking? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. Sometimes right I'm next. like, oh, I'm at the end now, and I sort of have a look, and I'm like, yeah, close that down. But yeah, here it's worth taking the time to scroll through. They're so yeah. good. Um, particularly the one you, you pointed out with the, the guitar with the boomstick and the two heads.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, by uh, Robert Hack. It's right, outrageous. Yeah. That is to me, that is the most photorealistic one of Ash. But what I love about it too is you can see that he painted that. Like you can actually see the paint brush strokes yeah. in that yeah. one. And that is that's one I would hang up. I would hang up. It almost looks like her. it's
0: been done on like um on wood, doesn't it? Like on wood paneling or something. It's yeah.
1: Outrageous. And again, it's it's and I know. This is a conversation we always have: is people are like high art versus low art. But the Tom Mandrake one too, where Ash has got the chainsaw up and Elvis's face is in mm. there. I was just
3: thinking that, yeah,
1: spectacular. I mean, yeah. And then there was the VHS copy.
0: Yeah, beautiful. It,
1: that's the Army of De- or that's the uh, Evil Dead cover. Uh, yeah, you know, you can't. These it's are, all just more
0: examples. Yeah, well, I was just going to say it's all more examples of like th- these are people that are probably you know asked to do this these are you know these haven't been commissioned these are people who right, they're like please yes yeah 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 like, what what much like us when we found it existed they're probably like what you're doing this okay well i can yeah. do a cover i've got an idea and you can imagine there'd be a clamor for people to get in and, and be able to do these
1: yeah. um
0: which is why they want to include them because they're all so excellent
1: they are yeah when we were your sister and i were just talking to uh james and he's putting together that Colcheck book and mm. we asked him and this that show will be out before this show. so everybody will have already heard Rhea and i talk about that but he said um, when he started to do it, he started just cold, like after he got the approval to do the book, he just started emailing people and was like, Hey, I'm making mm-hmm. a cold check book. And people were like lined up.
0: I bet. Okay. Yeah. I, they're
1: like, yeah, yeah. What do I got to do? So he got all the uh, writers first and then just said, you, you pick whatever artist you want. Mm-hmm, he didn't mm-hmm. even commit. He's like, you convince somebody. So all the writers just convinced their artists. He said it didn't take them. Sure. They were just like, yep. Yep. I want to do it. want to do it. So, um, it's I can imagine be, this,
0: this would have been the same. Absolutely.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They're like, because uh, there's no way like the Robert Hack one, and he did the one that's like the romance cover too. Um, mm. You know, obviously he's a fan to be able to yeah. do those. To be like, oh, I love, I love that guy. So yeah, it's just, that's why I'm saying, I think to me, he's like, I think Bruce, while to the general public, everybody knows who Mark Hamill is, but I think in nerddom, Bruce is on the Mount Rushmore with Mark. Yeah. Yeah. As like, and it began because Mark gets it. it was it like four years ago, pre-COVID? Mike, Mark went to the San Diego Con in a Luke, Luke Skywalker mask and just walked around all day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that guy is living in the metaverse, right? I yeah. mean, whatever he's doing, he's so insanely talented. And it's funny because in the original Star Wars, he's the weak link, right?
0: Oh, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: He, he'll admit it. He admits he wasn't very good then. I mean, he was like 19 years old. He didn't. I mean. Carrie Fisher was also nineteen years old, but her mom was Debbie M. so you know she knew what she, she knew what she was doing. Um, who was seventeen when she did singing in the rain, which is obscene. Fuck you, lady, for being that talented. How dare you? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, she was so great in that. I mean, it's uh, it's unbelievable. This her both of their screen presence is just outrageous. But um, you know, but obviously Mark has grown into being probably one of the best working voice actors. I mean, he's my favorite yep. Joker without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's not even. It's not even close. It's not even close. And so, but I just think in nerddom, because they both love it. They both genuinely seem, you know, where it's like Mark Hamill always makes fun of Harrison Ford for being like, sure. okay, yeah. kid. Like he doesn't want to do it. And yeah. Mark was just like, dude, this is cool. Like, this is why we do the job. We do the job yeah. because this is fun. And I understand it can be exhausting. And sometimes you probably want to be more Jody Foster and just be like, Pack it in. But I also think why when you see Jodie Foster out, she's charming in interviews and she's mm-hmm. fun because she she knows when to pull it in. And you know, I don't I don't know where Mark Campbell lives. I assume Bruce Campbell doesn't really live in an airstream somewhere in Royal Oak, but maybe, <laughs> maybe he does. You know, and, but that's there's just a way, there's just a way to love the work. And I think yeah. I think it comes through.
0: Yeah, 100 percent
1: I mean, your favorite movie is "Die Hard," and we all know Bruce hasn't cared in a long time.
0: Not in a long time, which is a real shame. so I mean, I've not seen any of those films.
1: I, I keep going because I want to find the one. Like I said, "Motherless Brooklyn was the last one,: was
0: Yeah, like, oh. yeah, which I watched, which was yeah, great. Right? Yeah, yeah. He,
1: I feel he like tried. he did, and I think because it was really important. To, I think he Glass he tried as well. What, what's that?:
0: The Shia Man: Glass He tried in that, too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think because he was just excited that that he knew what that meant. Because at the end yeah. of at the end of split. Mm. You know, because I was waiting for it's shamelands. So you're waiting. Because you, his last movie yes. before Split be didn't have one. That was the one with no. the the um, the old late the grandparents yeah. were killers one. There was no secret on that one. So I was like, okay, so maybe he gave up on that. And then that last thing. Motherfucker. I like Lost in so well,
0: my mind. so well done, because it's the music, musical key first, And it's another one that's like, if you know, you're like, what? Hang on, hang on, what? Brilliant, yeah. So good.
1: Yeah, and I actually thought Glass was excellent. I think Glass I loved was it. misnamed. I don't, I don't, I get why he had to call it that, but I don't think yeah, it was yeah. his... But they didn't want to call it Sarah Paulson's fucking scary. Was the movie? <laughs> yeah. She was. She was the villain. Boy, yeah. spoiler alert, everybody! If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Glass, and you're listening to this show, you've seen Glass. We can't even pretend. Yeah. yeah. But that was probably the last few times he's cared. But that Bruce, always, like you said from the beginning, Bruce always cares. He's not going to do it and do it half assed Mark Campbell's not going to do it. Mark Hamill's going to go on your show, and he knows they're going to get a standing ovation, and he's going to soak it in, and he's going to yeah. have fun. And he's genuinely thrilled to be Mark Hamill. He knows. Yeah, he
0: was in, um, do you watch What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series? I
1: have not watched it yet. He so in he's that? in an
0: episode of that. And again, like soon he's on, he's on screen, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, you are just having a great time. You're going for it. You are in this character. You're in this world. You know, it's Mark Hamill because you can't not. Right. But he's but he is the character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, he's, he brought he's back brilliant. the
1: trickster for the, for the Flash show
0: like in the Arrowverse. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You
3: yeah,
1: know, because he played the trickster in the original series. And so he brought it back and you're like, that is a coup. You got Mark Hamill to be yeah. on your CW superhead. But also they were probably like, we'll just call him and see. And he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. I, I, and he knew that was probably the highest rated flash shot of that whole series. Right, yeah. You know, and I love it because it, it was for me, the nerds who never missed an episode of the original Flash when there was no streaming, when you had to record it or run home from things. I remember like <laughs> running home. Running fast. Thinking, oh, yeah. I mean, that for, I loved that Flash, that original one. Um, so, yeah, I just think there's, and I think there's a lot of times, that's why I love Legends so much. I wrote my love letter to it, is though everybody gets, they know what they're doing. That show is full of people having a blast. And and yeah. as the actors get tired of it, they leave. They leave mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: because it's too fun of a place to show up and be grouchy. Like, Victor Graeber was the star of that show for a while. And he left because he's like, they're giving me an opportunity to star on Broadway again. And while I love right. this, that's what I do best. And so, yeah. you know, he left. He left it better than he found it. I mean, the fact that he could be the star of your Misfit Toys show. <laughs> right? It's, it's, but he is a tony award-winning actor and he's on your lame 80 budget superhero show because he's having fun and this yeah. is just so fun so i'm glad we did it um obviously it's only for dead eggs, right i mean it's not there's nobody yeah. out who this is for we already know that answer right
0: yeah 100 percent yeah yeah
1: although i guess you could pick it
0: up and no you couldn't i was thinking if you picked up just blind and just read it and um i think you'd just be like what the hell is this
1: you I was wondering it. If,
0: it, if it would turn people onto the, onto the world or onto into I don't think it would. No, I think no, you would.
1: But Dynamite has those, right? Because they've got Army of Darkness crossovers with um, uh, what do I got? They've got hack and slash with Vampirella, mm, with mm-hmm. all the other IPs. Um, and then they have um, Danger Girl. They have Ash in space, which I ha- I definitely want to read because that feels mm. like. That's a bit on the nose with the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which yeah. that was always the joke. And I think that started as a joke, like after Freddy versus Jason, everybody was like <laughs> joking, and he may have even started the joke himself. Yeah, and then it just <laughs> dynamite was like, "All right, let's do that." So there's a whole comic Freddy versus Jason versus, which are impossible to find.
0: Yeah, shame.
1: Uh, it is a shame. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's what those crossovers are for. Like if you read Hack mm. and Slash, and then you're like, "Oh, I mean, Dark. What is this?" So I I suspect there's some people who pick up the comics and then go find the movies, but I suspect for the most part, it's just the the movie fans who are reading the comics.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to put myself in the mindset of somebody doing it all around and I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I would have felt about it.
1: You know what? I wonder though, if anybody stumbled across the show, not knowing what it was like, Mm. you know, they're like, I can imagine you know, what is this show? The um, astronomy yeah. of Darkness. And then they're like, what? And, you know, because they've always been really good about resetting it and giving mm-hmm. you just enough background and then showing some flashbacks or re refilming scenes that were there. And that series was excellent. It was, cl- the, the the only time they set it up to, to have another season was the last season and they didn't Typical, it. isn't it? Yeah. I would have watched that forever, that show.
0: It was brilliant. It was so good again just knew exactly what it needed to be and delivered it every single episode
1: yeah and because the and the two the two newbies who joined him you could tell like I feel like when he called him jefe we could pretend they yeah. wrote that in but I feel like Bruce was the jefe like they yeah, knew what he was absolutely. like I, I feel like yeah. and then have him loosely lawless in there so well this was this was just us gushing about something that's delightful and full of joy And if you have not read, if you are a fan of Bruce Campbell and you've not, if you like us, didn't even know it existed. Mm. Run, don't walk. It is on Hoopla Digital free as the official sponsor of indie comics spotlight Hoopla Digital. But you should just get a copy if you can. Um, You know, because Bruce needs twenty extra cents that you could probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy though. It's crazy. There is IDW actually does have above a HoTep spin off that I have not read yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you read it?
0: I haven't that can go on the list
1: yeah they've got a um, I mean obviously all those army of darkness ones are there
0: Mm. yeah yeah i
1: not again not all of
0: those but I've read a few of those yeah yeah
1: it's right it's called um Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers
0: Mm,
3: so it
1: looks like it might actually be that original prequel because it's definitely young Elvis um it is Joe R. Lansdale's uh army of darkness or uh, Bubba hotel so i've not okay. i've not read it yet, but it does does look like he's maybe fighting some naked vampires so
0: i mean we'll just leave that one hanging shall we
1: we'll, we'll go see yeah well thank <laughs> you for this so our end our our end song is going to be a song that i wrote mm. um so i didn't write the music i wrote the words. so i was in a punk band in college we were bad um <laughs> i wrote the lyrics and sang and we were bad we were called the Cavity Creeps, and I wanted, I wrote the song, wrote the lyrics to the song. It's called Bigger Than Elvis, and they were like, this isn't, no, we're not doing this, and I was like, oh, it'll be fun, and they're like, no, so there's this guy. He's a folk singer called Wally Pleasant. He's from Lansing, and I got to know him from just seeing him at shows, so I went to see one of his shows, and I was just bullshitting with him after, and I was like, he's like, how's the band, man? He's like such a happy guy. He's such great, and I was like, oh, you know, we suck. And I said, but I wrote this song that nobody likes. It's called Bigger Than Elvis. And he's like, that sounds fun. So I gave him a gist of it. So he's like, come on up. So I went up to his house the next week and we sat and he had this like old bathroom, like a made of tile, like tile everywhere. And he's like, the (laughs) acoustics are great in here. So we sat there and we wrote and he wrote the music and we tinkered with the lyrics and then Bigger Than Elvis was on his next album. So we're going to listen to a song that I wrote. So there's no copyright problems. This time we can play it. In <laughs> and it's not about being more famous than Elvis. It's about being bigger than Elvis. So um, I felt like it was appropriate. And, you yeah, know, it's yeah. So what, what, how can people find out information about you? Like, let's say maybe you wrote a review about that Patrick Ness book that you were talking about. Yes. Where did people I did. Find that?
0: Uh, They can find me most active on Twitter under I am Jack's Musings, that's J-A-C-S. And then I post all my diary of reading, watching on WordPress under the same name.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you record them.
0: Sometimes I record them and they feature on our lovely sister show, The Pop Gorillas.
1: Yeah. Which is what we've been doing bombs on month. And uh, yeah, I I have only picked bombs I love. I have yet to. (laughs) What a cheat. I know, I'm totally changed. There's been a couple of times where I was like, well, I get why this one Bob." Like some of them, I'm like, I get it, but I still liked it. But for the most yeah. part, like Scott, we did two Brandon Ralph movies on the same day. That was totally accidental. oh Yeah, I'm yeah, related, that yeah. Dylan Dog and um, uh, Scott Pilgrim on the same day.
0: Yeah.
1: That was unplanned.
0: It was. I, I, I set myself the goal, because obviously at Christmas, I did my one every day. It was amazing. An countdown. And I set myself the goal in January of trying to do one every other day. And I missed the 21st of January, so I was upset with myself. So I, I put in a little extra one on the 20 on the 24th. I was trying to go like every every odd yeah. day up until the 31st. So that was a nice little coincidence of that. Yeah, happened. I didn't yeah.
1: know. And and we should have done Superman returns too. We could have had three Brandon Ralph bombs on the same. Yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Is that Do you think that's classed as a bomb? It's a total bomb. Are you was it? Okay. It had to be. What? I mean, I don't think I could watch it again because of who plays Lex, but I feel sure. like yeah. Chris, Chris and Dave did it. They did, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that off here. Everybody's enthralled. In- <laughs> yeah, anyway, well, thank you, friend. You can go to my website, Freena, and send me a message there. I am back on Twitter at Tricycle Bootbox, but I'm only active once or twice twice a week to just try to help with my doom scrolling. So I get on. I mm. like the things that I like. I support my friends. I, I, I'm i trying to send out, like last week, the week after we're recording this, is, it's been like a month and a half ago. But what a week on Comics in Motion. There was some big mm-hmm. stuff. You, mm-hmm. the, your book review of your book club for V for Vendetta. Was, mm-hmm. And then Matt did Wonder Woman. We've got some good stuff. We have. Yeah, and Mike's doing the, the, as you said, the book above the FET show weekly. And your sister's got one of the highest streamed shows. Her... She and Superhero for Dummies get the most streams. Did you know that? Oh,
0: good for that. I didn't, yeah, but yeah. I'm pleased and I'm proud. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you don't know because you don't see the numbers, but I see the numbers and because uh, I have access. And yeah, Superhero for Dummies, they're always going to get the most downloads. Um, but uh, Simon so Film, she, she, she's rock us to the top. Good. Yeah, she's found, I believe you told her there's an audience for that. And, and she's found it. Yeah. So that's cool. You're going to be on there soon
0: yeah we keep talking about it just need to get our diaries together and and put in a date
1: yeah and then
2: we'll and we'll talk about that more out there
1: too so thanks everybody and listen to bigger than Elvis and we'll see everybody (laughs) next time bye
2: take care well, I want to be bigger than Elvis, so I can bust out at the seams. I'll wear skin-tight sequin jumpsuits and make all the young girls scream. And because I know those are big pants to fill, I'll have to spend all my free time at the local Greasy Spoon Grill. Because I want to be bigger than Elvis. Even bigger than the king. Well, my mama always told me in order to increase my worth, I'd have to find a way to acquire more girth. Eat your corn, eat your potatoes, eat your potatoes, eat your corn, is what she'd say. And then one glorious day, you're going to be even bigger than Elvis. I started singing and playing guitar just for kicks But I only weighed, like, one-twenty-six And the only way I knew I could make those young girls' hearts a-flutter Was to start eating sandwiches made out of bananas and peanut butter Uh, pass me some cheese Whiz I could go out to Vegas and be a big hit Find a little club where I could hopefully fit And even if I couldn't find anywhere to work my trade They could rent me out every year at the Thanksgiving Day Parade Cause I want to be bigger than Elvis Even bigger than Elvis